Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me as always is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, we'll hear from Christy McLeod, the founder and executive director of the Human Rights Hub, and she'll tell us about how the Hub is using its website and social media to promote human rights issues in our community. Then we'll find out more about Food Matters Manitoba, a local organization that is working to ensure that all Manitobans have access to affordable, healthy food. We'll also hear about another promising project coming out of the Community Grants Team at the Winnipeg Foundation, and you'll have a chance to make a grant to the charity of your choice. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg joins us in studio to tell us about this week on Community News Commons. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. Today is the final day of Jazz Fest, Robert. Uh, have you gone out to see any of the bands or anything over the past couple weeks? I have. I caught a couple of the free shows at the Cube. Um, the weather was beautiful. Very it is, nice. We are officially now in the actual summertime season. It's a, so yeah, it's the great. solstice has happened, the longest day of the year. I think that was on the 22nd, if I'm correct. The, fir- the 21st. The, the 21st, the official yeah. first day of summer. So, you know, Winnipeg is so amazing in the summer. I just absolutely love it. It really makes, I've said this before on the show, but it makes our long, cold winters really worth it because you can't beat a Winnipeg summer. 100%. Festival season. Exactly. It's great. We've got a great show for you today as well. We have Christy McLeod from the Human Rights Hub, Carolyn Townend from Food Matters Manitoba, and Noah Ehrenberg from Community News Commons. And I understand that he's actually bringing us a song from someone playing at Jazz Fest tonight, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but first, we're going to play a little song for you. Uh, we got Hugo Montenegro with Summer Samba right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we're now joined in studio by a very special guest. She's a friend of the show, a former guest, Christy McLeod. She's the founder and managing director of the Human Rights Hub and the executive director of the Mondetta Charity Foundation. Christy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's for, great to be for, back. Thanks for being back. <laughs> yeah. So since we last spoke, what's new with the Human Rights Hub? Well, we're about six months in. I think last time I was on the show, we were maybe a week after launching, and I was just kind of a frantic, the website's live, and I'm happy, but now what's the next step? So maybe for for those of us, or for those of our listeners that didn't hear the first episode, the first interview, give us the Coles Notes version of what the Human Rights Hub is. For sure. And so it was a partnership between myself and Global College out of the University of Winnipeg, uh, and we applied to the Winnipeg Foundation for an Emerging Leaders Fellowship. Uh, and basically that's a grant of up to $10,000 to implement a project. Um, anyone who's between 18 and 35, it's a great opportunity. Um, and so we applied to the Winnipeg Foundation to get funding to create this human rights hub. And basically what it is, is it's a website that kind of seeks to be a one-stop shop for human rights in Winnipeg. Uh, the URL is humanrightshub.ca. All one word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and there's a few main tenets of the website. Uh, it has a shared events calendar, a central blog, uh, employment and opportunities portal, basically trying to uh, promote and coordinate all of the great events and initiatives that are happening in our human rights sector already. Yeah, so the calendar is f- at least one event every day, almost oh, like five or six packed. events in some days. So yeah. what do you think that means for Winnipeg when it comes to sort of being a hub for human rights discussion and and, and, and uh, progress? So there's a page on the, on the website called Why Winnipeg? And it really gets into Winnipeg is an inherent human rights hotspot. Um, yes, we have the National Museum for Human Rights, and that does play a role in it. But there's countless other things that make Winnipeg a human rights hotspot, um, both in our country and I think in maybe the continent. I don't know, the world, maybe we're getting there. Um, But we offer the only human rights degree in Western Canada at the University of Winnipeg. Um, We're in the indigenous capital of of Canada. Um, We're a socially conscious city. We've signed on to be a fair trade city. We've signed on to the UN Safe Cities Initiative. Um, And people are really making human rights a part of their discourse. I think we've seen this in the last year um, with the infamous McLean's article saying we are the most racist city in Canada. Um, You know, that was a really heated debate, but what it did spark was a lot of honest conversations about us as a city, us as people, um, as individuals and organizations. Um, It was clear that we did have an issue, and I think in the last year we've seen human rights in Winnipeg even just skyrocket and explode even more. That's what I was going to ask you about. What what do you think specifically we've we've done as a city, and, and how do you think the discourse has changed from maybe sort of defending our position now to actually hear some actual actionable results that we have as a city. What, what, what can you talk about or what can you tell us about mm-hmm. that? Well, there's been countless groups, organizations, initiatives that have sprouted up over the last year. And every week I learn about more of them. So I'm sure there's still ones doing great things that I'll learn about. Um, but a couple examples, um, there was 13 fires Winnipeg. And so Mayor Bowman decided to have a summit to kind of talk about racism and um, but it wasn't necessarily inclusive for everyone. It was limited seating, there was ticket prices. Um, So to kind of counter that or follow alongside parallel that, a group of Winnipeggers decided to hold our summit at the Forks and it was free. And they just talked about, you know, what are issues in Winnipeg that we need to address because of, you know, our, our problem with racism or just inclusivity and equality. And there were 13 topics that were identified by the people of Winnipeg. And out of that sprouted 13 fires, which meets every month. 
Um, they just had one last night. And the next one they're doing is a partnership with Friends of Shoalake 40, which oh, I'm a cool. part of, July 16th. Um, cool. So yeah, and that was just an example of Winnipegers taking action to the street and saying, these are the problems, let's talk about them, but also let's identify solutions. Let's do something progressive towards them. I think that's an important distinction now is we've been talking for a long mm-hmm. time about human rights and it's time to actually get boots on the ground and, and start to make a difference. Yeah. Um, so what are some organizations that you're partnered with that are actually making a difference when it comes to human rights in Winnipeg? Oh, there's so many. Okay. Um, there's, as I keep track of organizations and try, I would hope to in the next few months on the human rights hub, create a comprehensive list of organizations because um, there is so many, yeah. but I, I'm at about 130 right now. Wow. So, to, so I could sit here yeah, all day I mean, and <laughs> I won't ask you through. to pick a favorite. Yeah. That's like, you know, no, but the, uh, the few that I'm involved with, maybe I'll speak to just because I know a little bit more sure. firsthand about them. Um, the Institute for International Women's Rights. Um, so there's that Manitoba and then there's Global College. There's two different organizations that work alongside together, both under this name. Um, and they're doing a lot of fantastic work in the city. Um, they've really focused on um, the indigenous issues that in, in Winnipeg and said, okay, we want to help globally and locally and locally this is something that's really something that we need to address right now um, and so on April 27th we had a local to global event and we brought in Ellen Gabriel um, who was a huge warrior in the Oka crisis in the 1990s um, and a few years ago I don't think this would have been a packed sellout event um, tickets were $35 um, but there was over 400 people there wow. and just the the audience that was there and the crowd like you don't think you would have seen that a couple of years ago right. it, yeah it kind of speaks to the the shift that's happened in Winnipeg or probably yeah. across Canada with you know we have new government we have all sorts of things and this is really at the forefront of the, dis- the mm-hmm. discussion so people are really wanting to make a difference and, and want to know how they can make a difference yeah so how can people contact you and get involved with the human rights hub exactly uh, so there's a contact us form on the website um, you can also email me at Christie which is c-h-r-i-s-t-i-e at humanrightshub.ca um, and Perfect. I'd love to hear any ideas people have about anything, suggestions, comments, ideas. Great. Awesome. Yeah. So you wear a lot of hats when it comes to Human Rights Hub and when it comes to the Mondetta Charity Foundation, uh, one of which is very active on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Um, how do you how do you um, try to make the content relevant and try to not get lost in the noise of so many different people, you know, kind of throwing ideas and messages and everything out there? How do you how do you stay relevant? This is something that I've been really examining over the last year. Um, I've gone from managing, you know, just my own Facebook and Instagram, which is maybe just me doing yoga that no one wants to see, um, to managing five Instagrams and five Twitters and five Facebooks, um, because it, it really is an effective tool. And it's a lot of it is just learning as you go. Um, but there are a lot of useful tools. Um, and that's why I partnered with Community News Commons to do the workshop um, this past Tuesday. And we also offered it in the fall as well on human rights and social media. Um, because social media is a huge platform that is kind of infiltrating people's lives, um, both positively and negatively. But there's huge opportunities there. Um, and so I don't know how to begin talking about you know the ways you can use it. But I would just say there's a lot of resources um, that can help you create attractive content, that can help you place your logo onto the images. Um, that can help make sure you're producing content that people want to share and get engaged with. I saw you guys posted a photo from uh, there was a thing at the ledge uh, in regards to the Orlando shooting. Um, talk a little bit about the the Winnipeg response to global um, issues and how how much of a local kind of community we have when it comes to uh, global tragedies like that. Well, so that's a really good example of how mobilization can happen with social media. Um, that attack, which was tragic, happened early on a Sunday morning. 
And that vigil was held Monday night at the ledge. And there was a, the official estimate is a thousand people right. were in attendance. Um, and that wouldn't have happened without social media spreading the word, sharing, um, using the hashtag Pride Winnipeg. Uh, WPG was really helpful. So people that were already engaging with that and had already gone to Pride um, were following this and could say, oh, this is something I want to do. I'm going to get involved with that. Um, and I know we shared the event and a lot of other people who were supporters of that helped share the event to get the word out. Um, and I think this has been replicated in numerous other ways. Um, one of my favorite examples, not because of the issue, because it's, it's terrible, but um, every February on Valentine's Day, there's a missing and murdered Indigenous woman's walk that happens in Winnipeg, which, you know, as you are well aware, is a terribly yeah. cold place in February. No but hundreds of Winnipeggers march to the streets every year to raise awareness about this issue. Um, so Winnipeggers were very engaged with everything on a local context, but also a global context. Um, last April, there was 148 students killed at Garissa University in Kenya, um, and the Kenyan diaspora and local Winnipeggers held a really um, moving vigil at the ledge as well, um, just a few days after the attack. So, so it's yeah. kind of all about coordinating networks and just making sure everyone's on the same page so you can get together and make a difference in, in our city and in our country, I guess. And that's mm -hmm. what the Human Rights Hub seems to be all about. Yeah. So what? how can our listeners find you online, Twitter, Instagram, and the website? So the website, humanrightshub.ca, all one word. Uh, Facebook, just search Human Rights Hub Winnipeg. And then our handle for Twitter and Instagram is HRHubWPG. All one word. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank yes. you very much, Christy McLeod, the founder and managing director of the Human Rights Hub here in Winnipeg. Check out our website. Thanks, Christy. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Nolan. And as Christy mentioned, you can learn more about the Human Rights Hub by visiting humanrightshub.ca. Coming up after the break, we'll learn about how Food Matters Manitoba is creating a dialogue and helping communities all across the province to have access to healthy food. But first, here's Pick Yourself Up by George Shearing, right here on RC360.
Welcome to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we are now joined by Carolyn Townen. She is the Communications Coordinator at Food Matters Manitoba. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me today. So first of all, maybe for our listeners who uh, aren't as familiar with the organization, in a nutshell, tell us what Food Matters Manitoba sets out to do. At Food Matters Manitoba, we're passionate about good food and the power that good food can have in transforming people, transforming communities. And so we work together to envision Manitoba where everyone has healthy food to eat. And that ranges. That can be here in the city. That can be up in northern communities that we work with as well. And also with a variety of different, with different populations too. And I want to talk about some of the initiatives that Food Matters Manitoba is working on with different communities across the province. One area is with newcomers to Manitoba. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them maybe might not be able to find the traditional foods that they're used to, or they face language barriers when they're looking at nutrition labels. Mm -hmm. But I understand that you have some programs that are kind of helping to address some of these issues. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. So so we've really observed that newcomers face their own kind of unique barriers in getting good food in Winnipeg. And that kind of comes with a whole host of things, right? Kind of like you mentioned a little bit too, right? Mm -hmm. Going to a grocery store, which can be in and of itself an unfamiliar experience for a newcomer, um, and trying to search out foods that they know, foods that they know are healthy, foods that they know how to prepare. And that can be difficult, being able to read nutrition labels. So we work with a variety of different newcomer populations across the city, from the south end to McPhillips to the north end, in a number of different ways. One being providing space for them to garden, to grow their own food, which is a great way for them to source familiar healthy foods, but also provides kind of like a lot of these ripple effects around food, like a space to come and practice English, meet other newcomers, whether they're from the same country or totally different cultures and what we've seen is when there's language barriers when there's cultural barriers that food is really that connecting point for people so even if you can't like have a conversation about I'm growing tomatoes or I'm growing peppers or I'm growing mustard seeds or lemon balm being able to like share some skills around gardening is a really big part of social cohesion of the gardens So gardening work is something we do, and we also host a number of nutrition classes for newcomers as well that we try to tailor as much as possible to the people in the program. So bringing in translators, bringing in childminders, trying to remove as many barriers as possible for people that are looking to make healthy choices when they're grocery shopping or when they're preparing foods for their families or for their kids to bring to school. And we've seen people get really excited about, you know, oh my gosh, I didn't know that like this box of Cheerios might be just as unhealthy as this, you know what I mean? Like kind of seeing that moment in someone's eyes when they when they realize that what they can do with what they have and, and how they can prepare healthy foods for their families. Yeah. That's very cool. And kind of, as you mentioned, food is one thing that really brings people together. And it's very interesting mm-hmm. that there's also that sort of side benefit of it's also building community in addition to kind of giving people access and the information that they need. One other area that's been a bit of a challenge is access to affordable, healthy food in northern communities. Mm-hmm. As anyone who's who knows that's walked into a grocery store in a northern community, things that we maybe take for granted here in southern Manitoba 
cost multiples of what it would cost here. Mm -hmm. And maintaining a healthy diet is a huge, huge challenge. Food Matters Manitoba works in, I believe it's 13 different northern communities. What are some of the ways in which Food Matters is helping people in northern Manitoba kind of get better access to healthy food? Yeah, it's a great issue to highlight. I think it's really easy for a lot of people to boil down a lot of the issues or, or, community, or community health outcomes that we see in northern communities down to personal choice without really understanding a lot of the specific barriers that northerners face in getting good food. And yeah, just as you mentioned in northern grocery store, you can see, you know, a four liter of milk going for $15. Like it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. And so if you're a single mom, you know, browsing the northern store and you have a choice between a $15 jug of milk or, you know, a $5 two liter of Coke and you're, you know, living on a limited budget, that's not a big choice to make for a lot of people. Yeah. Even um, some of the unhealthy options are yeah, sky yeah. high. So I mean, yeah, how do you definitely. even eat healthy when you face, you know, you're already facing that price mm-hmm. barrier? Yeah. So some of the, the work that we do in Northern communities is around growing good food. And depending on where you're living in the North, there are specific barriers to, to gardening and growing food. Um, but that's kind of an area that we like to support communities in. And we do work around, you know, raising chickens. We're starting to kind of branch into doing some beekeeping work in the north and we also work with a number of communities on something called the country foods program so that's kind of coming in supporting communities to create a space where people can celebrate and share and distribute traditional food within their community a lot of the health outcomes that we see in northern communities are around kind of that grocery shopping issue around the north but also around a moving away from traditional diets that people have been eating for you know so long Um, and so these country food programs allow communities to harvest traditional food to store traditional food and then be able to share it with with the community but specifically with people that are a little bit more vulnerable so maybe that's elders in that community it might be single parents it might be people with disabilities and we've seen that issues around diabetes or hypertension or other sort of the long-term sort of diet related health issues we see a dramatic shift when that when that diet changes into like a healthy traditional diet so yeah our work in the north is really centered around what communities are asking for what they're looking for what they're wanting to explore what they're excited about and then just kind of coming alongside them and being able to provide some supports whether that's you know soil or tools or seeds or a freezer stuff like that so consultation plays a really big role in mm-hmm. what Food Matters does throughout the province. And you also play sort of an advocacy role through the Manitoba Food Charter. Could you tell us a little bit about that and how people can learn more and get mm-hmm. involved or sign if they're interested? Yeah, sure. So the Manitoba Food Charter is actually the founding document of Food Matters Manitoba. And it was created over 10 years ago throughout a series of consultations that some founding members of Food Matters Manitoba did with the Manitoba community. So it basically it collects visions for what a healthy Manitoba looks like, whether or not that's providing support for small, sustainable farmers, removing red tape around um, traditional food and harvesting and sharing that food, to ensuring that kids that live in the North End have healthy food to eat on a regular basis. So really it's kind of like a, a larger vision statement that guides our work at Food Matters Manitoba. And 
there's a, a document on our website, foodmattersmanitoba.ca, where you can you can take a look. You can read through what we value as an organization and kind of what we heard from the community when we were creating the Manitoba Food Charter. And you can sign it. And there's a space to be able to write in your own action steps. So what do people feel like they can do to contribute to a healthy Manitoba. And it's really exciting to see people from across the province get on board and become their own kind of community food champions and kind of come alongside us in helping to bring about a vision for a healthier Manitoba where everyone has good food to eat. That's excellent. So if people want to get involved, uh, if they're interested in volunteering or learning more, where can they go for more information? So you can check out our website under our About Us tab. There is a Get Involved section. Um, and we'll post kind of regularly some volunteer opportunities on there. I would also suggest people sign up for a monthly e-newsletter, The Beat, where we'll post, you know, volunteer opportunities, stories of good food um, from our work across the province. It's kind of a good way to stay connected and, and find out opportunities to get involved in the community. And that's B-E-E-T is the vegetable? Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Love a good food pun. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us uh, again this morning and telling us about Food Matters and what Food Matters does. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Robert. And thank you, Carolyn. Coming up after the break, we'll hear about another promising project from the Community Grants team at the Winnipeg Foundation. And you'll have a chance to win a $50 grant to any registered charity of your choice, so stay tuned. But before we get to that, let's take a quick musical break. Here's Denise Lore with If I Give My Heart to You, right here on River City 360. If I give my heart to you Will you handle it with care? Will you always treat me tenderly? If I give my heart to you Will you give me all your love? Will you swear that you'll be true to me By the light that shines above And will you sigh?
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. So, Robert, it's time for another installment of our segment, Promising Projects, which also mean that means that it's trivia time. It's your opportunity to answer a trivia question and be awarded a $50 grant in the name of your choosing to any registered charity of your choice. That's right. Um, just listen carefully to the segment, um, and then we'll have a question related to what you've just heard. Make sure when you call in your entry that you leave your contact details so that we can get in touch in the event that you're our winner. So without further ado, here's the next installment in our new series, Promising Projects, right here on River City 360. My name is Donna Edmondson, I'm the Community Grants um, Administrative Specialist and as part of my role here at the Foundation I review camp and summer programming applications. I, I just really am I'm very passionate about having children experience camp. They are, um, there's so many things that impact them, that impact their little lives. You know, they learn, uh, they learn how to interact with the kids, they can make lifelong friends at camp, they can build their self-confidence, they try new things. Um, I think it's just sort of a gold mine of opportunities for, for kids to get a camping experience outside the city of Winnipeg. There's a demographic out there that are um, disadvantaged socially, economically, and um, those are the kinds of kids that we're trying to um, help and support. And that's what it's all about and I think that that whole growth and development of, of that individual is all wrapped up in that camp experience because the kid you send to camp isn't necessarily the kid that comes back from camp and um, I think there's a lot of value in that and, and um, um, it's awesome. That's the part of it that I see as, as the really valuable piece is just getting out of the city for a week. A lot of kids that live in the inner city don't have that opportunity and they, some of them maybe have never been outside the city and not to mention have an experience to be in a canoe or catch a fish or that kind of thing and um, I think it just opens up their eyes and I think it transforms a few little people too to, to see that there's more in the world out there that they, that's past their neighborhood. It's this learning experience created by fun activities and new activities that they maybe haven't tried before. Um, and because, you know, it's the first time at camp that some, you know, you catch a fish or you, you um, go canoeing or sleep, out, sleep under the stars for the first time. And um, that's, that's awesome opportunity. That was Promising Projects, a brand new segment right here on RC360. And it's now the time you've all been waiting for, the trivia question portion. So, here it is. Donna mentioned camperships in the previous segment, so the question is, what is one? What is the name of one camp here in Manitoba? Very simple. Name one camp. It doesn't have to be a camp that you've attended in the past or anyone you know of has attended. Just tell us one camp that is exists right here in Manitoba. And if you need a little hint... We have covered a prominent Manitoba camp just a couple weeks ago on the program. If you'd like to check out that or any of our past episodes, you can do so by visiting us online, rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. 
So best of luck. So call into our listener line and leave us the answer with your name and contact information and your charity of choice. The very first person to call in starting right now will be able to make a $50 grant to any registered charity in Manitoba. The number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. And again, the question, what is the name of a camp here in Manitoba? Just name us any camp. It doesn't have to be a camp that you've attended in the past. Just name us any camp right here in Manitoba. And again, that number is 204-944-9474, and the extension is 360. Just leave us a message with your answer, your name, and your contact details, and the charity that you'd like uh, to support in the event that you win, and we will follow up with you in the event that you are our winner. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons. Noah, thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. So earlier on in the show, we had Christy McLeod of the Human Rights Hub on. And one of the important human rights topics is uh, reconciliation when it comes to uh, Indigenous people. So um, I understand that there's a new article on the communitynewscommons.org this week that deals with reconciliation. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, you know, this week being, uh, it was Aboriginal, National Aboriginal Day this week, and um, it's the 20th anniversary of that uh, day, and um, we've had some articles uh, about that and uh, about a, a number of different things, uh, celebrations that happened, but there was also something called Reflections on Reconciliation that was an article written by Joan Suzuki. Friend of the show? Yeah, and Joan <laughs> is a teacher in town who is um, really interested in reconciliation, and she's really interested in uh, in how it manifests itself in the field of education. Right. And so um, she wrote a story about how she visited a particular school in Seven Oaks School Division on National Aboriginal Day in order to talk to students about uh, reconciliation and about uh, the Indigenous reality here in Winnipeg. And so, yeah, there, so it's a, it's a very interesting piece about how she approaches it with students. Uh, with young people and um, you know there's also a video on there about what reconciliation means to young people and uh, I think it's uh, it's very interesting to hear what young people think about reconciliation and about the indigenous uh, community in our uh, in our city and uh, we have a lot to learn I think as adults from uh, from young people that was one of the most jarring things about the whole reconciliation process that I'm currently I would say going through is learning about it so late in my life Mm -hmm. and I think the fact that Joan's going into high schools and talking about it and it's part of the part of the curriculum and part of the discourse in high schools is a very important thing. So prop, props to Joan Suzuki. Yeah, and, and I think it's, uh, you know, Joan's a really good writer and she uh, and she's a really, um, you know, she thinks a lot about what she's writing. And so um, I think there's a lot of depth to her articles and uh, and I think you'll find a lot of depth to, you know, a lot of the articles Great. on Community News Absolutely. Comments. So you, our readers can v- visit cncwpg.org to read all of the articles on, on Community News Comments. Mm-hmm. Um, it is summer right now, so there are it's festival season. Absolutely. And it's one of the best times of the year to be out and about in Winnipeg. One of the festivals that's going on is Jazz Fest. We've got Folk Fest coming up. We've got mm-hmm. Fringe Fest coming up. Um, so what what's happening on CNC when it comes to the festivals in Winnipeg? Well, it's one of the more popular things that uh, citizen journalists l- like to write about. For sure. 
they go to a concert, they want to review it. And um, I'm happy to say that we have uh, um, a healthy supply of reviews, concert Definitely. reviews. And um, photos. And them. photos yeah. from the, so so we have um, people like Doug Kretschmer who goes to a lot of concerts and he takes a lot of photos and does reviews. Um, somebody who has just joined the fold, her name is Anne Martin. She also goes by the um, other, uh, also known as uh, Ticket Momster. Oh, okay, that's who that, that is. That's yeah, who yeah. that is. It's, I read a few of her reviews already. Yes, and Anne has, uh, has done some uh, reviews on uh, Kamasi Washington who was uh, in town uh, for Jazz Fest um, as well as Latin Night at Jazz Fest um, and she did a review of Garth Brooks and um, City in Color so there's a lot of reviews on the site uh, that uh, Anne pictures to go with it and Anne Ha just did a review of uh, Don uh, Pemberton's um, free concerts over at the Cube as part of Jazz Fest so it's all part of a you know um, uh, a great um, activity that uh, citizen reporters like to do. We're going to keep doing it. We've got passes to Fringe oh, great. Uh, for the citizen reporters, as well as uh, other uh, festivals, such as um, the Winnipeg Folk Festival, which I think we might be doing a 55-plus guide to oh, the Winnipeg Folk nice. Festival. So Just the tricks in the trade of how to get the most out of the festival, perhaps. Exactly. That's great. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So uh, if someone that's listening right now wanted to maybe write their own review or something of a show well how can they get involved because anyone can write right yeah anyone can write it and it's really easy you just go to communitynewscommons.org or the short version is cncwpg.org I like that version and at the top uh, right hand uh, side of the page it's uh, there's a little button it's uh, register so you just register at the site and it takes about a minute you create your own byline and uh, it's pretty self-explanatory after that. Uh, my contact info is there, so if anybody wants any help figuring out what to write about or how to write, certainly they can do that. And then, of course, I would edit it and publish it. And um, and then, you know, you've got your 15 minutes of fame. Fantastic. It's <laughs> uh, great to hear. Yes. Well, at, at the end of our time together, I always last ask you to bring in a local band that we can sh- share with our listeners that may, they maybe haven't heard, or maybe they have heard before. But uh, what have you brought for us this week? Well, I thought I'd... Um, feature a local band that is uh, playing at the Jazz Fest. The Jazz Fest, of course, wraps up tonight. And tonight at 7.30 at Burton Cummings Theatre, the Dirty Catfish Brass Band is going to be there. They're going to be there to inspire and create and uh, instigate. Mostly (laughs) what they want is they want you on your feet. Uh, So they are a very uh, tight... Uh, reckless as hell, I would guess, nice. band. <laughs> Great name, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, and um, they've got a terrific rhythm. Um, they've kind of, you know, the sound of New Orleans brass tradition, sort of this nine-piece collective um, uh, is um, they dare to reimagine the streets of a prairie city as one that is hot, alive, and brimming with soul. That's, nice. that's taken well, from the Jazz Fest program. Well, all week, there. yeah, all week Jazz Fest has been hot, alive, oh. and brimming with soul. So that's, that's a perfect uh, explanation of totally. Winnipeg currently. For sure. So uh, to um, treat the listeners uh, this morning, I would like to feature a uh, song from the Dirty Catfish Brass Band. Uh, the name of this tune is Carry Me Home, Fat Man Walking, right here on River City 360, CJNU 93.7 FM.
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for listening, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for speaking with us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, you can visit us online at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CGNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Please give us a call. Again, our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic for a future show. Or if you have the answer to our trivia question from our Promising Projects segment, Again, this is your chance to call in, potentially be able to make a $50 gift to the charity of your choice. Leave us a message there. Our listener line is open 24-7. We love to see that red light light up on the phone, so give us a call. That's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. You can search at RiverCity360 on Twitter or RiverCity360 on Facebook. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday. Mm-hmm.